Hi, it's Cree Mitchell again, and I'm here uh, talking, this is part two of our series, Flakes, Fakes, and Foolishness, Abuse in the Church. And I, again, want to stress the point, the point that we're here not trying to condemn anybody, but trying to enlighten people through the experiences that we've gone through. We want to share them with other people because... Sometimes you don't realize, you don't know, you just assume this is the, the norm when you're going through because it seems to be happening everywhere. There's a lot of things that are not the norm, and sometimes it's good people that just get off. I've gotten off, other people have gotten off on ideas and stuff, and we find out later, oh my God, why did I think that? Why did I do that? It didn't make sense. But you may have a sincere desire to see something happen, and being a human being, we sometimes try to play God and make things happen and we screw up stuff. That's a flaky moment. Webster's Dictionary calls flakes a small, loose mass or bit, a thin piece or layer. Uh, the word flake is synonymous with flaky, an oddball, marked odd or unconventional, offbeat, wacky, informal, not reliable in performance, behavior, undependable, easily led. You know, and... Uh, the Bible talks about how you can be easily led. It gives us some warnings on that in the Old Testament and in the New. <clears throat> Psalms 51 and 6 says, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. And the one thing we have to realize is that we have to be truthful with ourselves. To keep us sometimes from having a flaky moment, we need to sit back and look at, examine what we're going through. Am I stressed or is it because I got a need or someone else has a need? And you need to be a loving, caring person and you're trying to make things happen for good people. God has to do it. We can't do it. We sometimes try to do it and we screw stuff up. God has his own timing and we have to let him do what he has to do. Proverbs 27 and 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. Uh, we got to realize that no matter what it is and who we're around, people will rub off on us. It can sharpen us, make us a better person, can make us a worse person. It can, but we we rub off on each other in our relationships, and we learn from each other. So we have to realize that um, we've got to be careful who you hang around. And then we also have to realize that God, at the end of the day, is the one who has control, and He's the one that helps make things happen. We we can only go so far. It takes Him to make things happen. First Corinthians three and six says, I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. So we have to realize when we're dealing with situations with people, and even in our own lives, we can only do so much. Somebody else can only do so much. And then it's up to God to take our faith and to cause things to happen. We can't get weary and well-doing because in due season we will reap if we faint not. We've got to stay vigil, keep doing what we need to do. But we also have to try to keep our focus and our heart right so that we don't get off and get into a flaky moment. Fakes are easily or more seen because, I mean, more, well, flakes can eat. Flakes are easily more recognized sometimes because you only, 
another person looking at you will say, that she's wacky, she's off, that's crazy. Why would she? But sometimes fakes are a little bit more disguised because they got a lot more practice and they know what they're doing. The Bible says in 2 Peter 2, 1 through 6, but false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction, and many will follow their sensuality, and because of them the way of truth will be blasphemed, and in their greed they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago was not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept under the, until the judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world, <clears throat> but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness, with seven others, he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. Meaning, if he didn't spare angels, who screwed up and got off. If he didn't spare mankind, who screwed off screwed up royally and got off and didn't want to change that these false teachers there's a destruction set aside for them but in the meantime a lot of people can get caught up in that and that's kind of what this podcast is about is trying to help enlighten you so that you see I'm being exploited I'm being taken advantage of I'm being mistreated I need to do something different and it just could be they got off on the wrong path and stayed on that path. And but you can hop off. You can turn around. You can say, "This is no. This is not how I'm supposed to be treated." Again, I just want to remind you: in the, in the world, if it's a woman in a relationship with a man or vice versa, people are quick to say, "You need to leave that relationship, go somewhere else." But in the church, they're not. They're not that quick to say it, and that's the problem. A lot of times. You know, they'll say, oh, no, 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 no. You're just misunderstanding. No. I've known of individuals, and I've had a relative deceased now. But when we were younger, got off into a ministry, put his, took his family and got off into it. Sold everything. The ministry bought a building, and all the members had to live in the building. And they basically told you, what you could eat, where you could go, you could talk to, you had to bring your money in, about your children, even about your relationship with your wife. They monitored everything, and so it was a big mess. It was a cult, actually. But this man was an ordained minister that had started this, and, and my relative and his family were in it for like a couple of years. He even was so shrewd, the minister was, till he had older ladies who were in another town because he would go up and preach at their church. For a while, that's how he started. He had them delivering packages, and they didn't know what the packages were. They would pick up a package and deliver it, and it ended up being drugs. He was dealing drugs and had them, they were, they were moving the, the merchandise for him. They didn't know. They were so caught up in the ministry and in the man until they got off. And moments like that, even with false individuals, can make you have flaky ideas and it can cost you. So you have to be careful who you 
allow in your presence and in your ear and who's instructing. If it, it doesn't sound like it's right, then you need to have it checked. Check. Ask other people, other people, other places. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? You don't want to get caught in. Uh, there is a there was a church in Oklahoma that um, the uh, pastor they would bring in snakes because they they believed in the, the scripture in the same mark where he said you take up serpents and scorpions and nothing would hurt you. Jesus was giving them the disciples uh, direction, and so they would. They'd have the snakes and they'd be walking around with the snakes and dancing with the snakes and the snakes would bite them. And I remember they interviewed the man on CBS World News one time, and I believe, and, and he said he'd been bit over a hundred times. God protected him. He was fine. Well, about a couple of years ago, he had one of those snake convention things again, and he was dancing around with it. And this time he got bit. And he died. And the moral of the story is we have to use wisdom in what we do and what we say because it can cost you your life. To me, I kind of say that was a flaky thing, but it was, and it was really weird because him and his people were doing this for years and thought everything was okay. But he got bit, and then it, it died, and it just was like, okay. Reality set in. Mm, this is not what we should be doing. You don't test God with this stuff. And that's what people don't realize. People try to test God. You can't test him. His word is what it is. If you are in a predicament, not of your own choosing or making or whatever, and even if it is and you get in it by accident, God will protect you, and he will deliver you. But to set these stages up pridefully, things happen. I was reading yesterday that in Africa, a church leader was kind of doing a similar thing. And he was talking about how God protected. And he was telling his members they're protected. It doesn't matter. So he goes out in the jungle and he's going to go mess with some lions. And you know what happened. The lions messed with him. They like to kill him. And he's in the hospital. I think he was in critical condition. He was under the pretense that he could do like Daniel, go out there and God was going to protect him. Daniel was put in that pit by his enemies. Daniel didn't volunteer to go into that pit to prove a point. And that's where the wisdom comes in at. in Psalms 51, the truth in your inward parts. And then God would help you to know wisdom. We clean out our heart, tell the truth, get the truth. We have to tell the truth to our own selves. And live in our truth and God will give us the wisdom we need. But if we continue to do crazy stuff and not acknowledge and say, okay, I screwed up. I did that. Yeah, I did that. I'm at fault or, and accept the truth. Then we can easily be easily led into some crazy stuff. Like Peter was warning about that there, and there are plenty of false people and heresies out there that people get all tied up in and, and they believe it. When we, I was born and raised in the church, but didn't have a relationship. And when we finally got a relationship with Jesus Christ, me and my mother and sisters and stuff, we started going to Bible study. And even the deacon, he he had went to a revival. We all went and our lives were changed. 
we started reading through the Bible and it's, we were reading in the Old Testament where they said that they couldn't eat pork and certain things. And so the deacon stood up and said, okay, people, no more bacon, pork chops, ham and all. And I come from a family where ham and pork chops and especially bacon and sausage, that's just like, you know, that's the number one food group. And so we attempted to try to do that and to stay with that. And, and then they were talking about the clothing that you wear. You, woman's not supposed to dress like a man. And so it was like, okay, we're out of pants. We're, you know, and it's hard as a teenager going to school, you have to wear a dress all the time. And we went through that. Uh, the uh, pork thing didn't last long, I won't tell you that. Because we got to reading when, at the book of Acts where he said, told Peter, you know, don't say what I've created. Unclean, Peter slay and eat. And so they realized like the Apostle Paul, some people believe they can eat, others believe they can. Don't condemn the ones who don't eat, and don't condemn the ones who do. You know, you walk in the walk that God's called you to walk, and leave it at that. So that's kind of what we did, and it took a lot of years to, for me to be able to go back into pants. I was going to college, and some other things happened, and moved, and it's cold on the bus stop. I started wearing pants. I'm going to be honest with you. I needed to wear pants, too, because it was cold. But I wore women's pants. So I felt like that kind of helped me a little bit. But if you don't, that's still okay. That's your choice. We'll go back to that choice again. Everybody has, God has created us to choose. You choose what you want to do. And if you're comfortable with it and that's your truth, then you work with that. But I just want to encourage you, especially if you're encountering some things where, you know, uh, ministries are kind of got you tied up, the individuals do, and they're wanting to micromanage everything you say and do, who you walk around. And Because I had one, one relative, he had left the church, and one relative wanted to come see us, and they went on vacation, and they were coming up from another state, and they had to... Make, they made the route to come by to see us and stay for a couple hours, and then they left. And they made the statement that when they got back, they were going to have to tell their pastor that the route they took brought them through our town. That's how they seen us. And I'm like, just say that we're family. They know we're family. I know I'm not liked by them, but we're family, you know. So why can't you come see it? And they were like, no, no, we got to do it this way because it will cause problems. And I'm like, I can't live in that bondage. I got to have freedom. Christ has made us free. And the Bible says, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And the Bible tells us not to be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. So I don't want to be tangled in the yoke of bondage. Uh, so I, I got to do what keeps me free. And that's what I encourage other people. If it keeps you free, it's the word of God, go with it. Don't condemn others who feel like they need to. And that's Galatians chapter 5 where it tells us not to be entangled again in the yoke of bondage because Christ has made us free. And that's what we've got to keep in our mind is that we have got to continually <clears throat> to walk in that liberty and that freedom that he's given us. Because he gave his life for us and that's what God wants. The word of God lets us know he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So, and it's Galatians 5 and 1. 
says uh, the new international version. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery or bondage. You know, Jesus told his disciples, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's yoke is easy and burden is light. Not only is it not heavy, but it gives light. It shows light. It gives you understanding. And that's kind of where we are. <clears throat> like I said, there have been all kinds of things that we've encountered in dealing with people through the years because we have a sincere desire to grow in the word. doesn't make us perfect. Like I said, we screwed up and we made mistakes. But in it, we've encountered some loving, lovely people and some people who, uh, for some, whatever reason, they were off and they liked being off, so they stayed off. And, and even some ministries. Uh, there was one in particular every year, right after income tax time, they would start announcing that they were going to do, the church anniversary was coming up, and they would do <clears throat> a prosperity Sunday. And they wanted everybody to bring $1,000. If you brought $1,000, God was going to move. God was going to bless. And I'll never forget, I was working for the church. And it's one of those things where uh, you might have got paid three or four times a year. And you might not. But God bless. Because of the sincerity of my heart and my being naive on some things. And I'll never forget there were ladies that um, people, they would do a line. People would pledge to give their $1,000. And uh, one lady got up and she said she gave her $1,000. And they were doing testimonies and that. The Lord blessed her to pay off her house. And I'm sitting there and this other mother sitting there and, and she tapped me on my shoulder. She said, baby, she said, I ain't got $1,000. Would you hear that? Do you believe that? I said, I don't know. She said that. They paid off her house, and she's like, but, man, she said, I don't know what I ain't doing right. Lord knows I'm trying, but I ain't got that kind of money. So I talked to the lady's neighbor, who happened to be a friend. I said, isn't it wonderful that Sister So-and-So got up, she gave $1,000. God paid off her house. She said she refinanced that house. They paid off the old loan. Now she got a new loan. It was like drop the mic time. Because I realized that's manipulation. So I went back and I told the older lady, the mother of the church, I said, uh, this is what happened. She's like, now, baby, she sat there and said that God paid off her house. And she didn't own, I said, on the old loan, she got a new loan. That $1,000 came from the equity. She took out the house in order to get the new loan. She said, no, I'm she said it made me feel bad. I said, yeah, that's kind of what our neighbor said. Our neighbor was at church. And she said, makes people feel bad because you're thinking, I ain't living right. I must be doing something wrong because God's blessing her. And all of it was manipulation in order to get you to give. And so I'm just telling you, you stay firm in that. Protect your heart. Protect your mind. Be careful of the people you hang around and what you listen to. You need to be with people who will build you up and not take you down. But there's always people that will manipulate you. I used, like I said, working for certain ministries, I saw where they would, you know, I remember one minister came in and he was always, he was a big evangelist and doing crowds and all of this. And he came to the church during the daytime while we were working. And he told the pastor, I can believe for everybody else to get money. I can't believe for myself, get my own bills paid. 
I thought that's odd. That's interesting. And then you realize that sometimes some things are manipulation. It's just they're able to talk people into doing. It may not be a work of faith. It may be a work of faith. You know, and people are, when you're so hungry and you're, you're new in it, you want to give and do whatever it is. And, and we get to looking at people as being God and they're not. We keep looking for a Moses and an Aaron and a David. And God wants us to follow people as they follow Christ. But our center focus should be on Jesus and not on the individual. Because man's flesh is weak and he will fail you. But we have to put a hope in something that will not fail us. God will not fail us. Like I said before, when I left one particular church, we were told, well, you're not going to stay safe because we did. it's not time for you to leave. And we didn't tell you to leave and you leave it on your own. I was saved before I got here. And if I wasn't, the same God that saved me will keep me. So don't let that hold you. If Jesus saved you, he will keep you. Or you got to look to him and be, wanted, and be willing to be kept. Don't let what people say. They don't have the finals. They can't do your benediction. God and you are your own benediction. If you let them write it, they will. If you let them tell you what to think, they will. If you let them tell you how to dress and how to do different things, they will. Uh, when it comes to, like, fakes, there was uh, one of my aunts was I was visiting in, in another state. And there was a minister that stopped by. He was dating her. I put two and two together. And I had on sandals and rollers in my hair. And he told me I was in error because I had on the sandals and the rollers. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, because that can incite a man. And seeing your toes can incite. I said, if rollers in my hair can incite him, he's full of lust and he needs deliverance. And if my toes excite somebody, they're still full of lust and they need deliverance. I've got a right to wear sandals, and I'm wearing these rollers in my hair. You need help. I said, and there's some people whose toes look so bad. If looking at them inside somebody, again, the man needs deliverance. And he started laughing. He's like, okay, I'm going to let you go on that. And he left. And I found out later he was dating my relative. But, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I think you got a wife, so you need to stay in your lane. And that's another thing. We'll get off onto that on, on, a, on another subject. Because Peter talks about how that these false people with heresies can lead silly women astray, laden with sin. And, and it's because the women can be in a flaky moment, but they're sincere about their, their desire for God, and they get caught up in it. Like I said, growing up in the church, I saw a lot of things and... and uh, my mom's mother was very vocal, and she wanted you to learn lessons from the lives of people. And my mother would take us around and show us individuals and ask us, how do you think they got where they were? What do you think brought them to this point? You know, and she would discuss what she knew about their lives. And what you see, the choices that you make can put you in some dire straits. And... Uh, Oh, one lady in particular loved her dearly. It was like one of my godmothers. And and uh, my mom's mother wasn't that fond of her. So, and it was because she knew her history. And uh, she wasn't getting any slack. And she would just say, you know, she's full of it. 
And then she would tell the stories and, and some of the stories you think, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I know you, you, you're probably thinking she should have let that go. Well, you know, that was back then, um, years and years and years ago. And so there's a lot of things that she didn't trust people on a lot of avenues. And she felt like there was always, they needed, they hadn't changed. And then she, for, she might've been right. They may not. There were some people that were good to us, but she just, and that wasn't trusted, but she would tell us the story so that we would know and show us examples so that we, we would know because she wanted us to have enough knowledge and wisdom to see that wrong choices, getting flaky, having some of them bad moments will destroy you. People will lead you astray. So especially young women and even young men, older men, you could have a desire and you're coming to Christ and you're wanting to do and you can get caught up in stuff and with the wrong people, and it can send your life in a spiral. So you just need to watch who you associate with because 1 Corinthians 15 and 33 says, be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners or morals. So you can get around with the wrong people and their motives and morals can be wrong and it's gonna cost you a whole lot. And then there you, you have yourself into stuff. There was one individual in particular that I knew of and it was a family friend and it was a bunch of us that we all went to the same church and uh, the one lady at the church, an older woman, she was very vocal because I was church secretary and I would be typing and he would be painting or remodeling. He did carpentry and and she was always standing there, the older lady watching and, and uh, I would say, did you need some? She said, no, honey, I ain't watching you. I'm watching him. Because I know him. He's a dog. And he would just start laughing. He's like, no, you know I've changed my life. She said, no, you ain't. You're a dog. And I know you're a dog. And I'm watching you. And and even the assistant pastor, he would come and check. And there were a couple of times he was working on stuff. And the lady would come and stand and look at him. And he would be talking to me and I'd be typing. And he'd say, well, what's wrong? She's like, no, I'm watching you. I'm watching her. I'm watching you. And he said, well, what? She said, all men are dogs. I don't even trust you. He said, why would you say that? I'm not doing that. I don't trust you. This is a young girl. I don't trust you. Because I know y'all dogs. And uh, I appreciate that because that held me together. That kept me to know that there, were, there was a bond. And I paid attention. Needless to say, the, the other man that wasn't the assistant pastor, he would sit and he would tell me some things that he had done in his life before he got in the church. And and he dabbled with witchcraft, and he and his brother. And he would say how he and his brother would meditate and chant, and they made one lady they knew leave her husband, get up out of her bed in the middle of the night, and come to them. She was still in her nightgown. There was a knock at the door, and they opened the door, and there she stood saying, what do you want? I heard you calling me. And he said, we got into a lot of stuff like that until one night a demon jumped on him and tried to choke him. And uh, he came into the church. I kept thinking, okay, you know, I looked at him as like a big brother. He and his wife loved him. And then he would say things, and I... I'd say, huh? They'd say, never mind. 
And I'm like, what? And then a friend of mine, she was talking to him and she called me ranting and raving and she said, you know, he told me I was his wife and I'll let him have it because he has a wife. And I thought, that's what I thought I heard him say too. So I'm like, and I was teasing her. I told her, she said, he said, the Lord said. I said, well, if the Lord said it, you must be his wife. She said, she got real upset. I said, I'm just teasing her. I, I was joking. I know what you mean. I said, I'm watching. And then another young lady, he said something to you. And then there was another one. And the there was one that it just kind of stretched on. And, and I told him I was at work one day and, I had a dream and he called me about something. And I told him, I says, ah, I had a dream about you. I told him what the dream was. It was him and an individual. And he said, so whatever I'm doing, they were trying to shut a door and the wind kept blowing the door open. And they would shut this was window, it was a large window with these uh, beautiful doors in it. And they kept blowing it open. And he said, so no matter what we try, God's gonna, let it be revealed. I said, yeah. He said, okay. And then that was it. And then everything kind of blew up. And uh, I was like, oh my God. And people always want to blame the woman or just blame the man. It, it takes two to tangle, but there are people who are so skilled in what they do, they will manipulate it and they will pull in an innocent individual into it. So we have to be careful what we do how we carry ourselves. And we have to, as older women, guard the younger women. And as older men, guard the old, the, the men so that they know that uh, this is not right. You're getting off. Watch it. This is Cree Mitchell telling you God bless.